Galatians chapter number 5. Everybody still alive in here tonight? Say amen. amen. All right. Now, uh, I, got a, I got a text from um, Brother David, too, and he did say that he wasn't going to be here. Miss Tanya told me before, but uh, he asked to pray for him. He's not slept uh, in a couple of days, so you pray for him. He's going to try to <clears throat> stay at the lake house tonight, maybe get some rest. So, if you would, remember him. Galatians chapter number 5, verse number 16. <clears throat> Word of God says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, y'all told me y'all couldn't hear that. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Against such there is no law. Now, as we look at this, we actually start tonight the second half. I told you on Tonight we deal with goodness, and uh, in in speaking about gentleness, last week we learned some things, and tonight we're going to give you a comparison uh, of gentleness and actually gentleness, love, and then also goodness. I'm going to be very quick tonight. I feel like I'm going to be very quick tonight. Brother Jody said that last night, and we was there an hour, um, and so I've learned that sometimes when we say that, we, we really mean it. In our intentions, but it doesn't necessarily work out that way, and so I'm going to try my best to uh, to not keep you very long tonight. Uh, but we look at goodness tonight, and gentleness and goodness are um, referred to at times as twins, twin sisters. In fact, and we'll speak about that in just a moment. Uh, but in in saying that about the twins, oftentimes as it is in nature. Uh, you find that where one is, the other is present as well. And uh, now I realize that um, as far as, you know, maybe a, a twin brother and sister uh, maybe popped in your mind. They may be separated. They, my, my grandmother was a twin, and she lived in Florida, and her sister lived in uh, Tennessee. Uh, but I guarantee you they had a connection uh, that can't really be explained. And so that, that connection is so here, too, with gentleness and goodness. So I want to get right into it tonight, and uh, I'm going to need y'all's help. If, if, you, if you're saved, say amen. amen. If you're going to heaven, say amen. amen. All right, I need y'all to kind of keep that up. If I, if I say something, just amen me, okay? And uh, y'all, y'all act like you're dead tonight. And um, I, I realize I'll get criticized for saying that. We've worked all week long, and I thought, look, you're at church, worship Him. Forget about all that other stuff. All right? So, number one tonight, goodness in relation to these other manifestations. Okay? Um, goodness in relation. I'm going to have to jerk this thing off. Y'all hear that? Benny said, uh-huh. So, 
Okay, so I, I told you we may not have it right, so just bear with me. And I am the world. Y'all, y'all thought David was bad about the sound system? I'm even worse. If it, if I could hear it, it bothers the fool out of me. Goodness in relation to other manifestations. And I told you uh, in that brief introduction that these two, gentleness and goodness, is often referred to as twins, or they are often referred to as twins. And one writer said that they they linked with the link with gentleness comes goodness, which is uh, its other self, differing only as a twin sister may, each fairer for the beauty of the other. Now, y'all think about that for a moment. Most of the time, when we think of a twin, we think of identical twins. And uh, they may be just minutes apart, they may be hours apart, whatever it may be. Uh, But when I think about a twin, I think of those identical twins. There may be just small variations in those things, uh, or in those men or those women, but ideally it's very difficult to tell them apart. And so gentleness and goodness is difficult to to, uh, tell apart because they are identical twins. Goodness is perhaps more affluent uh, or more universal in its bounty. Gentleness is more delicate and discriminating. Uh, Gentleness looks to the benefit conferred or given to someone, seeking to make it as large and as full as possible, but goodness has respect to the recipient and studies to suit their necessity. So, In this, as far as the relationship between gentleness and goodness, I want to break this statement down. Gentleness, it looks at the gift, if you will. It looks at that mercy. It looks at the grace. It looks at what needs to be given, but it's given to whosoever will, if you understand. Uh, It is given in a broad sense. So um, just, just picture tonight, if I had piles and piles of money, I just throw it up in the air. Uh, There's the gift. Whoever wants it can have it. All right? But goodness, rather, looks at the individual and sees the need of the individual. And in seeing that need, at that point, they address that need and give it directly to that person. That's the difference between gentleness and goodness. Goodness is the more masculine and large-hearted than love. So you think of love, and we hear that agape or agapo. We hear uh, phileo or the Philadelphian love, that brotherly love. Uh, But as far as the relationship between love and goodness, goodness is more of a masculine trait of the spirit in that it actually, uh, instead of just talking about the need, and I, I, I mean no disrespect there, but instead of talking about the need, it sees it and acts upon it. So that's the difference here uh, between love and goodness. Goodness, if it ever errs, it errs through blundering and want of discretion. What does this mean? It means that if if goodness is ever a bad thing, remember in verse number 23, I believe it is, it says, against such there is no law. And, and so I'm not saying that goodness is wrong, but if you can ever find fault in goodness is that it is too good. It tried too hard to give something to someone that does not deserve to be given. 
that's wrong, goodness gracious. And we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. So these are things that the Spirit already has. These are the things that once we are saved, we too have within us, but quite often because of our humanity and and sometimes our selfishness, we keep those parts of the Spirit hidden. But if we are to show forth the fruit of the Spirit, then every single one of these things need to be made manifest in our lives. Goodness is the honest, generous face, the open hand of love. Love says, I have a gift for you. Goodness says, here it is. Goodness says, or love says, I love you. Goodness goes towards you and embraces you in that love. That's a difference here of love and goodness. So, number two, let's look at this. We see goodness defined. I've given you the, the relation uh, between these other manifestation in goodness, but now I want to look at goodness defined. This will be very quick, so write it down quickly. Three different definitions from three different sources. Number one is a moral purity and benevolence. A moral purity and benevolence. Now, there's two ways to look at this moral purity. Number one is it's it's pure in regards of the the morality of of men. Okay. Uh, but it, it is also pure in its intentions. All right, now I'm going to read something here in just a minute, and, and that will make a little bit more sense. It is moral purity and benevolence. Again, seasoning, it acts upon goodness. Next, we see it defined as the virtue equipped at every point. There is such. <laughs> there is. This is going to sound redundant. There is such goodness about goodness. All right? So that is this virtue. The virtue is goodness, but it is equipped at every point. It does not fail. Over in 1 Corinthians chapter number 13, charity never fails. All right? That's what the scripture says. We hear a lot love never fails. All right? That's just a modern day saying, and it's Hobby Lobby. Guarantee you're gonna see it in Hobby Lobby. You're gonna see it in a in a in a I don't know, nail shop. I if they make it in Chinese and all this other kind of stuff. You, they're gonna have it in all these different places. Love never fails, right? They have that the wedding ceremonies and things like that. But the the scripture says charity never faileth, so it it continues to never fail. All right. But here, according to the definition William Barclay wrote, he says that this. Uh, this virtue is continually, it is equipped at every point. Never going to fail. The goodness of the Holy Ghost, the goodness of the Spirit, is never going to fail. Goodness at one hand and the same time can be kind and strong. We're going to get down to the word meekness here in a few weeks, and you'll, you'll, you'll hear me say this. Meekness does not mean weakness. Meekness does not mean weakness. Now, if you were to look up this word, you're going to find it in in several, uh, I guess maybe four different passages translated just this way as the word goodness in your King James Bible, in Romans, you're going to find it in 
I believe, and I, I didn't take the time to write those down. Those are all good, good verses, and, and you can look them up in your concordance if you want. But there's there's other there's other usages of this idea. One of those usages was cleansing the temple. When he was cleansing the temple, he was doing it in goodness. He was doing it because the temple needed to be cleansed. He was doing it because the people needed to learn a lesson that this was God's house. And on the outside, it looked as if Jesus had lost his mind and was turning over tables and and, uh, animals had been set free and coins were going all over the place. The people were screaming. He was doing it in goodness. He was doing it in strength. Just and, 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 and I mentioned this last week, and I don't really know that I... I expounded on it or not, but uh, in in our modern churches, it seems as though the masculinity in the pews is being stripped away. Most of our teachers are women. We we now have we don't, but there are uh, there are women that have been ordained to preach, which goes against the scripture. I need three people to say Amen right there. Uh, we have women, and I realize here we have several women teachers, and they are in. And I want to say this very. Very clearly, they are doing what they're supposed to do. They are in their place. But I'm going to tell you something. I've been in churches where a woman would get up behind the pulpit in Sunday school and she would begin to teach to the women and to the men in the pews. And that is against the Word of God. And the reason that it happened, I know the reason why it happened. I was there. The reason is because the men were too sorry to stand up and teach. And the ones that wanted to teach didn't live worth the hoot. They weren't holy. I know I'm not holy all the time. But David, I'm sure he's not holy all the time. But still, we try to live a life of holiness. If one of you ladies that have been studying, you said, Hey, I want to teach a class and I want to be all, all holy. They have a hard time not stepping in and look for me. In our modern churches, you, you go to you go to more modern, more liberal churches, if you will, and you're going to see uh, a, a spirit of effeminates. You're going to, and, and I'm, I'm not getting on contemporary worship tonight. Y'all know where I stand with that. But if you go, you're going to see a spirit of feel, a spirit of Estrogen. And what I mean by that is you've got boys that are wearing girls' breeches and they're tight. And now, now, Brother Jim,
a shirt that's buttoned all the way up. Nobody wants to see that one little hair sticking out of your chest. God, listen, it seems as though in everywhere we turn, it's not okay to be a man. We, we giggle about those things, but it is the truth. It is the truth. Now, this church was brought up right. Brother Dent didn't play no game. And if I could say this without sounding too wackadoodle, Brother, Brother Dent wore the pants in the family. He was a man. And he made decisions like a man. He didn't talk to every every person and try to figure out what the best. And I remember when, when I came here from Knoxville, it seemed like to make a decision there, I had to converse with everybody. And this has happened multiple times. Brother Jim, I, I, you, you can stand up and testify if you want to, because Brother Jim has told me several times, I call him, I'm like, Brother Jim, what do you think I should do about this? And he said, we're used to telling us what to do. And we just do it. That's why we've tore the front of the church down. Because I'm tired of asking. <laughs> We're just going to do it. If they don't like it, they can fire me. I'll go to my little house on Brookwood, 210. That's all I know to do. But goodness, this fruit of the Spirit, having love. No, no, no. It's, it's not some sissy saying you need to have love. saying we need love. We need to have gentleness. Don't take that as you have to be a sissy. Don't take that as you have to just lay down and, 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 and not be a man of God. Being meek doesn't mean that you're weak. But being gentle and being good, that doesn't say that you're weak. That doesn't mean that you are that you're just rolling over and, and just giving everybody and anybody what they want. No, no, no. You see, it is that Holy Spirit. And what we don't understand, oftentimes it's this fruit of the Spirit. What it is? It's what,
when we when we study about the fruit of the Spirit, that we're trying to, to get everybody to be effeminate and everybody to get around and hold hands and sing kumbaya and hallelujah and all that. I say if we sing hallelujah, let's, let's get guttural with it and say hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Woo-hoo. I have no idea where that came from, but what I was trying to say is goodness at one and the same time can be kind and strong. The last definition, it is love in action. I, I told you that before, that it is, uh, it is um, how did I say it? It is the open hand of love. Love presents a solution. Love presents a gift, but goodness takes it to the person in need. Last tonight, we're going to turn to a few scriptures and we're going to the house. Number three, goodness in action. It never conducts itself in an ungodly way toward anyone or anything. Now, some of y'all are gulping right now. Because you've already, and I have too, acted in a What ungodly way towards someone or something. We're guilty. But I'm talking about goodness. I'm not saying us. Now, Brother Terry, us having that fruit of the Spirit in us, we should not act ungodly towards anyone. That's vile. But what is also vile is that we still have that sin nature. I don't know, it, it, no, it's not in my notes, and I don't remember if I've read it. I don't remember where it came from, but but um, maybe it's one of these men at the, the Boston Baptist or whatever. And we've probably all thought this before, but the closer that we get to God, the more evident these are going to be in our lives. And so if we're sitting there tonight and we're saying, well, I can't be, I can't have this goodness. I can't, I can't act uh, in, always in a godly way. Well, chances are it ain't got nothing to do with the fruit of the Spirit. It's got nothing, something to do with your relationship with God. So if you'll get a little closer to God, you'll find it easier to be godly towards other people. Godliness or goodness in action, rather. It will seek the company of good men. Now, in Titus chapter number 1, verse number 7 and 8, it talks about a bishop, okay? It talks about a preacher or a pastor. And it says, A bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, Sober, just, holy, and temperate. It will seek the company, talking about goodness, will seek the company of good men. I'm going to just drop a little nugget on you. If you're saved, you need to surround yourself with saved men and women. I realize you work in a secular uh, 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 job place. I understand that. I, I know that you can't 
be around saved men and saved women. Some of y'all go to school. You can't be around saved uh, uh, teenagers. And, 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 and Miss Abby, you can't be around saved students all the time. I understand that. But when we have a choice, we need to be around good men and good women. That's why I like fellowshipping so much. The Lord's not in here, but I, I may have said this before. <clears throat> Let me clear up something I said Sunday. I, I mentioned something that I love her. And I said, my wife, sometimes I love her. I, I don't even know exactly now what I said. I love her all the time, but I, if you pay attention to the rest of it, I'm like Lori and Leah. You would have heard of that. But the Lord sometimes speaks to me sometimes in that on Wednesday nights, that, that's not a popular thing. So for us that have experienced it, and I know you may be tired tonight, but imagine if you didn't have this time to sing, to hear the preaching, to fellowship. We need to love being around good people. It is, I, I'm not going to give you, I'll give you these scriptures, I'm gonna, not going to read it. Goodness is set against severity. Goodness is set against severity. 
Romans chapter 11, verse number 22. Again, I'm not going to read it. And I told you this just the other day. Sometimes I, I react. Boom. Here's the problem. Boom. I'm going to react. And a lot of times I fly off the handle in that reaction. Something happened recently and I needed to address it. And I wanted to. But because the third cousin to the Holy Ghost, a.k.a. Miss Lori, told me, I explained the issue that I had to this person. I explained the problem. I explained the rules that were broken. And I said, but before I ever, before I ever say here's the punishment, I'm going to wait. And I'm going to pray about it. And I'm going to talk about it. Because if we're not careful, we'll go to the severe end of this thing and never show goodness. Let's go on. It is what the world hates Goodness is what the world hates today. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 3. The world does not like goodness. It does not like gentleness or love or peace or joy. In spite of everybody that says, well, I want world peace. I want, I just want to have peace in our community. I want, and, and I get that's a legitimate cry. I understand that. Don't, don't misunderstand me. Peace that we're talking about, the, the joy that we're talking about is nothing that a police officer can give. It's nothing that an alarm system can give. It's nothing that a withdrawal of guns can give. It's something that only God can give. I'll give you two last statements. Talking about goodness in action. It not only desires the well-being of others, but actively seeks to secure that well-being. It actively seeks to secure that well-being. Again, it sees a need in someone's life and it does whatever it takes to meet the need. I was talking to a preacher today and he reminded me over in James chapter, I believe it's chapter number one, I could be wrong, it's in the book of James. And it's talking about those those Christians, those religious folks. Let me let me just kind of broaden it. And they they saw someone in need, and they said, "May you be well and filled." And told them to go on their way. What they should have done is they should have clothed them and fed them, and then told them to go their way. See, we use, well, I'll pray for you, as a crutch way too much. I'll pray for you. And I'm sure that's appreciated. But goodness, it comes from God. It's been demonstrated to us by God. Goodness should be demonstrated to others. When we see the need, we actively seek to secure the well-being. Lastly, in many cases, this goodness is lavished upon those that are totally undeserving of it. Totally undeserving. There's been 
There's been countless times that we've seen someone on the, I don't know, on the side of the road, side of the interstate, at a stop sign. you got to go up there. And you, you lock your doors, you roll your windows up. We've all, we've all probably been there, done that. And I want to say there's no shame in that, but in today's society, you never know. But if you ever, just kind of out of the blue, whether it's a situation like that, or maybe it's one of your brothers in church or sisters here, or maybe there's somebody, you know, I don't know why, but I just feel like I need to give you this. Maybe it's a $20 bill. Maybe, you know, I don't know why, but I, I, let's meet up. I need to just buy you a cup of coffee. I don't know why, but, you know, here's a gift card. And you can't explain it. You don't know why you're doing it. Well, that's goodness. Okay? It's goodness. But here's, here's the part of that statement. Goodness is often shown or lavished upon those who do not deserve it. We know that many of those people that are at that stop sign that says we'll, we'll, we'll work for food or need help or homeless or whatever, we know that many times that is their job. They are doing that to get money and oftentimes they have a home and a vehicle and a family. This is what they do to get money. But goodness, goodness is given even though you know that they don't deserve it. Goodness is given to someone that you've given to 50 different times and they've always wasted. Goodness is giving and helping that person that does not deserve your help. Maybe because of some hurt that they've issued to you in the past. But the goodness that comes from God and this fruit of the Spirit, oftentimes it will be given to people that do not deserve it. You think, Brother Kurt, we could all say this. We didn't deserve the goodness of God either. But God freely 